just when you thought there was no hope for baby boomers. It's the Rational Boomer Podcast. Logic, common sense, compassion. Yeah, who knew? Now, here's Mike. We are back on the Rational Boomer Podcast, and I'm recording this podcast at 12.15 a.m. on January 1st, 2022. Yep, I'm recording this on New Year's Eve going into New Year's morning when everybody else is out there partying, drinking, and having fun. Instead, I'm here recording a podcast. That'll give you some sense of just how wild and crazy my life is, just how big a partier I truly am. (laughs) I got to tell you, at 61 years of age and having gone through that whole period in my life, I'd much rather be recording the podcast. Besides, this town, this state is going to get to a low of like minus 22. Who wants to go outside in that bullshit? You know, the thing about it is where I grew up in the 70s in South Minneapolis, uh, kids started drinking early. As much as I hate to admit that, it's true. We were 13, 14 years old, and somehow we'd get a hold of beer or (laughs) something worse like Mad Dog 2020. I got to tell you, Mad Dog 2020, I haven't drank it for 30-plus years, more than that. Uh, But that is some of the nastiest shit I've ever tasted. Gave you the worst hangover and gave you the worst intoxication you ever experience. But you could get it for a couple of bucks when you're 14 and somebody goes buys it for you. You can stuff it under your shirt. It's easy access. It's cheap. Mostly we drank beer. But here's the deal. From the time I was 13, 14 years old, all the way up to when I was about 29, I drank my share. I wasn't an alcoholic, but I could see how I could get there. I didn't drink all the time every day, but when I drank, I drank for only one reason, and that was to get drunk. And that's the wrong reason. Now, when you're 15, 18, 19, 20, 22, it's kind of cute. It's kind of fun. But when you get to be about 28, 29 years old, you have a kid, you have a wife, you have a house, you have a decent job, and you have some responsibility. Well, it becomes a little more sketchy at this point. You get yourself in trouble. You've got a lot to lose. And if you can realize that, you will stop. You see, I I got to a point in my life, uh, something I explained to my sons, too, when they were younger and drinking and getting crazy and all that stuff. I told them, when you come to the point where drinking is a problem for you, you have three choices to make. You can either just quit drinking altogether like I did. I knew there was really no option at the point I was at. I had to quit drinking. I did. I didn't go through any program. I didn't do anything. I just stopped. It wasn't the easiest thing in the world, but it was easier than you might imagine. And I just stopped, and I haven't drank since then, over 30 years. Now, people always want to applaud you for that. Don't applaud me for that. It was causing me problems when I was drinking, and I decided to stop. (laughs) It was a matter of common sense intelligence to make that choice. It wasn't valiant. It wasn't courageous. It wasn't any of those fucking things. It was the smart thing to do for me at that moment in time. 
But through my life, I was uh, drinking pretty heavily. And when my kids were in that same stage, I said to them, there are three things that will happen if you continue to drink the way you do. First, you'll come to a point where maybe you can manage this and you can start to drink responsibly instead of getting drunk every time you drink or drinking all day every day. Drink now and again so that you can drink for the rest of your life when it's appropriate. Or, like I said, with me, it may be more of a problem, and then you just have to quit completely. Never drink again. Ever. And the third one is the one that all too many people, the choice that all too many people make. Continue to drink the way you drink. You will destroy yourselves, everything around you, including the people around you, and you will end up a fuck-up. Those are your three choices, and now is the time to make those choices. Too many people decide that drinking is more important to them than anything else, and they end up under that third category, fucking themselves up, fucking up everything around them, and hurting all the people around them. That is very sad. That is very selfish. So when you come to a point where you're drinking, you've got to make some choices, and hopefully you make the right choice. And for me, I made the right choice. I started drinking and partying when I was 14, 15 years old. By the time I was 29, I had 15 years in. I'd done pretty much everything I needed to do. Now it was a new time, a new part of my life, and it included kids, a house, a job, and a wife. So while drinking was my priority for a long time, these other things became more important. And there's no point in trying to risk those by continuing doing the things you did as a young man. At some point, you've got to mature, and at some point, you've got to grow up. So that's all an explanation as to why I'm sitting in my living room doing a podcast talking to you as opposed to partying with everybody else out there in the uh, on uh, New Year's Eve, New Year's Day. It's always kind of a shit show out there, too. You know, somebody always comes up with the phrase like they invented it, but it's been said for years where they'll say, I don't go out on New Year's Eve, that's amateur night. <laughs> well, you might be right, but I'm tired of hearing that shit. How about you just made the right choice? How about you just didn't go out because you didn't want to get in trouble or have some kind of problems? So I didn't go out. I'm sitting here, my wife's sleeping. I'm doing a podcast, and I couldn't be happier. I'm glad I am where I am. It's warm. It's quiet. It's calm. And at my age, you learn to appreciate those things. (laughs) Wow. Anyway, we're at the start of 2022. Now, the one thing that everybody says is, well, 2021 was bad. 2022 has got to be better, right? But if you remember going back to 2020, coming out of 2020 when the pandemic hit, everybody got to 2021, you know, you got the pandemic, you got Donald Trump, you got all this other bullshit going on, and then you realize, well, Donald Trump's gone, the pandemic's getting better, 2021's got to get better. It's got to be better than 2020. But in reality, it turned out to be worse than 2020 because it was longer and more things going on. We had the insurrection. And that's what we're going to talk about today is all the things that happened in 2021. 
We hoped for better from 20 to 21, and it was worse. Now we're hoping for better from 2021 to 22, and let's hope it doesn't get worse. And honestly, I don't think it will. There were a lot of factors in going from 20 to 21 that we have a better handle on now that we're going to 2022. There are a lot of changes happening in this country, um, and, and I think we'll be better. And as I've told you before, if you don't go into something with a positive attitude, if you don't go into something that you believe you're going to win, then why the fuck do it? you got to have a positive attitude about something. You can't go in feeling down, feeling negative about what's happening, because then it's all ruined. I mean, if it does turn out better, you still wasted all this time worrying about it, expecting it to be bad. And if it does... Uh, become bad, then it's just a matter of a self-fulfilling prophecy. So we've got 2022 ahead of us. We have to assume it's going to be better. That won't be a hard stretch. But we should go beyond that. We should expect it to be much, much better. This country turning around with the pandemic economically, in government, and all the things that are going on. We're going to turn this shit around. We're going to pass the voting rights bill. We're going to pass the Build Back Better bill. The economy is going to continue to surge. 2022, the Republicans won't win. Democrats will maintain majority in the House and Senate, may even extend it. The people involved in the insurrection will be exposed, indicted, tried, and convicted. Donald Trump will go through his things in New York, in Georgia, and in Washington, D.C. Let's assume the best, and then maybe we can get the best for 2022. We've had two shitty years. We need a third year that's awesome. And I have a feeling it will be awesome. Anyway, let's talk about some of the things that happened in 2021. We hope for a better year, but a lot of shit went down. Now, before we get deep into all the things that happened over the year, and I can't cover all of them, I just don't have time for them, I want to cover one of the terrible things that happened in 2021, and it's the very last bad thing to happen in 2021 because it happened on New Year's Eve yesterday. That was the day that Betty White died at 99, three weeks uh, away from hitting her 100-year birthday. Now, here's the thing about Betty White. Betty White was an icon. She was an inspiration. She was universally loved. She, she had been in, in uh, uh, entertainment for like 70 years, something like that. Now, if you look at the pictures of Betty White back in her youth when she was in her 20s or so, this woman was hot. I mean, for the time, she was pretty impressive, pretty attractive. And she was doing some acting. She did a television show that first started locally, I believe it was in New York, and then it went nationally. And uh, she was very popular. She's very sharp. She's very quick-witted. She's very smart. And she's very funny. And she was back then as she was just before she died. So... She got involved in a lot of things. She had been married twice and divorced twice. 
she came to a point, I don't know if it was in the 50s or 60s, where she started doing game shows, and she met her husband, Alan Ludden, who was the MC of the TV show Password. They got married, and it was quite a romance, I guess. Uh, he passed away of stomach cancer, and she never remarried because she felt that was the love of her life, and she couldn't do any better than that. And for the rest of her life, she remained unmarried. But this woman did a lot of things. You'll remember her um, from the Mary Tyler Moore show. Now, this woman was approaching middle age at that point, and uh, she was playing this man-crazy character what is it sue ann niven something like that and and she was funny as hell on mary tyler moore show one of the biggest uh biggest tv series ever but even approaching middle age just her attitude her personality her humor and the way she looked you know she got some of us teenage boys back in the late 70s going what's up (laughs) But she always had that great magnetism when she was on TV. Later, of course, she went and did uh, The Golden Girls, which is always popular. She did a bunch of movies. And up to the time she was in her 90s, she was doing movies. And she was funny as hell. She was incredibly talented. She was uh, very compassionate, very caring about other people. She had a strong sense about animals and helping animals, and she did that to the day she died. She was uh, a very important person in our country. Because, you know, the thing about it is, whenever you turned on the TV or a movie and you saw Betty White's face, you couldn't help but smile. And then when she opened her mouth and said some crazy shit, you couldn't help but laugh out loud. The fact of the matter is, in this world today, we have far too many Karens, and we could use many more Bettys. She was a ray of sunshine out there. She was positive, and she brought humor, laughter, and joy to a lot of people. And we lost her yesterday on New Year's Eve, and it's a sad state of affair. That was the last bad thing to happen in uh, America in 2021. Now, there were all kinds of other things that happened, of course. We had the insurrection on January 6th. This is where a bunch of Trump humpers decide to charge the U.S. Capitol, break into the U.S. Capitol, threatening to kill Nancy Pelosi and Mike Pence, (laughs) urinating and defecating all over the inside of the Capitol, breaking things, killing cops. Many people were injured, including cops. It was quite a shit show. Now, the insurrection wasn't successful, but it scarred this country forever. This was unprecedented. This hadn't happened at our U.S. Capitol since 1812. And now we get this sort of thing happening. And now we're finding out uh, that there were people sitting in Congress, sitting members of Congress, that were facilitating it, helping with it, planning it guiding it, and we're now waiting to find out who those people are and what's going to happen to them. We always knew that Donald Trump incited this thing. This is probably one of the most pivotal things that happened in our country, in our history, where one political party attempted to overturn an election, overthrow the government, and do it with violence, 
conspiracy theories, lies, and deceit. This has never happened. And what we need to understand is we have to make sure it doesn't happen again. And the only way to do that is accountability. And hopefully in 2022, that will be the start of the year of accountability. All these people that committed crimes were involved in corruption will be exposed and held accountable. We can only assume that that will happen if we're going to take a positive outlook about this. What we're seeing in the House Select Committee, the DOJ, and some other things that are working, I feel pretty confident that we're going to see some accountability, and we're going to see things that we've never seen before, like sitting members of Congress being expelled. It's going to be a crazy year, and it's going to happen this year because it has to. We have the midterm elections in 2022. Everybody needs to get these things done because if the Republicans do take over in uh, in 2022, then these investigations will just go away and nobody will be accountable. Now, if they do hold them accountable between now and 2022, it may shut down the Republicans altogether. The Democrats will win the majority in the House and Senate again and will be cool for another two years. But that's a big if. You know, there's a lot of things that have to go on, a lot of things that have to be done. And uh, we're keeping our fingers crossed. Now, also in 2021, a positive thing that happened, the Democrats took control of the Senate. And that was because two Democratic senators won in Georgia. Now, what happened in Georgia, we had elections for the Senate. And when you have an election, if there is nobody, no candidate that receives 50% of the vote or more, they have a runoff. And that's what happened in these cases. And uh, the two Democratic senators won in Georgia, and that gave the Democrats a slight advantage in the Senate. Actually, the Senate is 50-50 Democrat and Republican, but uh, the vice president is the president of the Senate, so they have the deciding vote when there needs to be a tie split. And, of course, that's Kamala Harris. She's Democrat. She's the vice president. Anything that she would vote on would go the uh, Democratic side, so hence the Democrats have the majority. Now, that's a slim majority. But just think about what would happen had it been that those two senators or even one of those senators didn't win and the Republicans held the majority. Think of all the things that wouldn't have happened in 2021. You think that COVID relief bill would have happened? It had a big effect on our economy and helped a lot of people in need. Probably wouldn't happen if the Republicans were in control. You think we'd have a House Select Committee investigating the insurrection? Hell no. They would just say it's a bunch of tourists uh, uh, demonstrating peacefully, and that would be it. It would be shoved under the rug. Even though we all saw it, they still would have done nothing about it. So the fact that those two Democrats were voted in in Georgia and gave the Democrats a slight, slight majority in the Senate was absolutely huge, not only for Joe Biden and the Democrats, but for we as a people in this country. So we can be thankful for that. 
because without that, there were a lot of things that wouldn't have been done because the Senate wouldn't allow it. We know Mitch McConnell and the Republicans have said anything Joe Biden wants to do or the Democrats don't want to do, we're not going to vote for it. And they proved it as much. They didn't vote for the COVID relief bill, even though it did a lot of good. Sure, they tried to take some credit for it, but they didn't vote for it. They're not going to vote for the Build Back Better bill. They're not going to vote for the voting rights bill. They don't want to do anything. They were elected and put in Washington, D.C. to govern, but they do everything but govern. That should set up some red flags to the Republican Party, but apparently they don't care. Apparently there's no issue to them that they want to force them to do anything. It's really kind of frustrating watching the Republicans behave the way they do. It's, it's deplorable, really. I mean, this country is in need of a lot of things, especially when we're going through a pandemic. We had an economic crisis, all kinds of problems. Without the actions taken by Joe Biden and the Democrats, this would be a far worse place to be after all we've been through. Like I say, the pandemic. You remember the vaccine was initiated by Donald Trump and the vaccine was available with Donald Trump. But for whatever reason, Donald Trump, the administration, and the Republicans decided to do nothing about distribution. Oh, sure, it's great to have a fucking vaccine and develop a vaccine, but if you don't have some kind of distribution plan, you ain't going to do jack shit. And that's what happened when Donald Trump was in. He didn't do anything. The vaccines were there. Uh, They had a limited expiration date. Some of these things were not getting delivered in time, and uh, we were losing vaccines because of that expiration date, that limited limited effectiveness on these uh, vaccines. So when Joe Biden got in and the Democrats got in, they set up a massive distribution plan, and they've gotten over 200 million people vaccinated in less than a year. Donald Trump, what would he get, like a couple million Three million people while he had it. Joe Biden gets in. We got more than a couple hundred million vaccinated. Now, no one expected that there would be this pushback from the anti-vaxxers. And that's been yet another big thing in this country in 2021. We've got this pandemic raising all kinds of hell, shutting down this country, causing people to lose jobs, affecting the economy. And everybody was excited about the vaccination. Never in a million years did we expect there'd be 35, 40 percent of the people in this country that say, no, I'm not going to take it. I think it's dangerous. Now, these people will always say to us, what do you care if I take it? Well, there's a lot of reasons to care why you take it. And it has nothing to do with their safety. By them not taking it, they can infect other people that might be more susceptible to be getting real sick from this disease. They're also perpetuating this virus and allowing it to create variants which make it more dangerous and more problematic. It also is tying up our hospitals. But no one in 2021, they knew this this, this COVID things. those of you that didn't think it was a hoax, but those of you were living it, 
couldn't wait for the vaccine. I know I got it as quickly as I could. I got the booster as quickly as I could. And if there's another booster, I'll be first in line for that. I want to protect myself and I want to protect the people around me. I mean, I'll be honest with you, this Omicron thing is getting a little scary. We understand that it uh, is 10 times more effective, more infectious than COVID or Delta. That means it's going to affect up to 10 people for every person who gets that. You amortize that out, it doesn't take long to sweep across this country. And people who do have the vaccinations really need the booster to get the most protection. They need to have that booster. And there still is a likely, well, still is a possibility that they will get the Omicron variant. But they won't suffer any serious symptoms. They won't be hospitalized. They won't die. But they still will have to go through it. They still have to quarantine for a period of time until they're passed. Now, something somebody told me was that if you're vaccinated, have the booster, and you get the Omicron, once you're done, you're super immune to this because you've got the immunities from the virus itself and, of course, all the vaccines. Now, somebody has said to me, well, why don't we just get all infecting and get it over with? Yeah, I get that. I get that. I remember when I was a young child and, uh, you know, parents wanted to get their kids the chicken pox to get it over with. I don't think we want to do it in this case. We've got too many people that are unvaccinated, too many people that are vulnerable to these uh, variants, and uh, that's dangerous. People will die. People will be hospitalized. And we want to avoid that as much as possible. But it doesn't appear that these people that are anti-vaxxers are going to bend at all. So there comes a point where we don't really need to even push them because we know they aren't going to change their minds. At some point, it's going to run rampant through all of the people that are unvaccinated. I've heard doctors say everybody that's unvaccinated will get Omicron. And to be perfectly honest with you, in the last day or two, I know four or five people that are fairly close to me that got Omicron. Got a neighbor here where I live. I've got a couple, three, four family members that got it. Now, they're going to be fine because they're all vaccinated and have the booster. They're not going to be hospitalized or or die from it, but they have to go through it and they have to quarantine and they have to make sure uh, that everybody's safe around them. There are going to be breakthrough cases, whether you're vaccinated or not. And that's what, you know, these anti-vaxxers will say, why should I take the vaccine if I'm going to get it anyway? Well, because the difference is how sick you're going to get. If you're vaccinated and have a booster, you may or may not get symptoms. You will certainly not get sick enough to put in a hospital. If you don't have the vaccination, well, all bets are off. Anything could fucking possibly happen. You could go to the hospital and you could die. Now, if you want to take that risk, that's up to you. Me personally, I don't. I don't want any of my family exposed to dumb fucks like you. So that's why people want you vaccinated. Not for your sake, but for the sake of this country and for the sake of the hospitals and the sake of those people that are really sick and those people that are immune compromised. Fuck you. I don't care what happens to you. I care about the damage you inflict on the rest of society just because you're fucking stupid. All right, let's take a break. We'll be right back.
Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. All right. One thing that did happen in 2021, Donald Trump was impeached for the second time, and he was impeached for his participation in the insurrection. He was impeached a second time in the House of Representatives. It went to the Senate. He wasn't convicted, so he wasn't removed. This is the confusion that somehow Republicans constantly confuse in their minds. I'll say something like, well, Donald Trump was impeached twice. No, he wasn't. Uh, Yeah, he was. No, he wasn't. Senate didn't convict him. Well, you're showing your ignorance because... The impeachment happens in the House. He was impeached twice in the House. Now, the Senate didn't convict him, but that didn't discount or, or, or erase the impeachment. The impeachment still stands. It will stand forever in history. Time in history, Donald Trump will always have been twice impeached president of the United States. No, he didn't get kicked out, mainly because... We had a Republican majority in the Senate, and they just closed their eyes to it and voted partisanly as opposed to what they legally should have done, and they let Donald Trump walk. Now they're going to start experiencing some retribution or some accountability for the things they just allowed to happen. It's going to come out, and these people are going to look very stupid, and they're going to lose their jobs. We had our fair share of shootings in 2021. It's absolutely ridiculous. The amount of mass shootings, one such shooting you might remember, was um, eight people were killed by a former employee at a FedEx building. Just walked in and started shooting people. And that's how it always works. And it's funny, we've had school shootings, we've had all kinds of shootings in 2021. It's absolutely appalling when you find out how many shootings go on in a given year. And still, we have no action regarding gun control out of our Congress. This has been going on for decades, and they refuse to do anything because the NRA has money in the pockets of our representatives, and they're afraid to go up against the NRA. Now, that might be changing. You know, while all that's going on, I mentioned something, and then uh, Gavin Newsom, the governor of California, kind of picked up the lead. While that's all going on, we know how Texas is trying to, or did implement, laws to make abortions illegal. They couldn't go against the Constitution or the Supreme Court, but what they did is they set up these little bullshit vigilante laws saying if somebody sees something having an abortion, giving an abortion, or helping somebody get an abortion, the average Joe on the street can sue them for $10,000. That's not a real law. That's just a, a way to try to game the system, to bring that narrative to the Supreme Court in hopes of overturning Roe v. Wade. 
and that's what's happening. It's not coming from the Texas one. It's coming from the Mississippi laws that have been implemented. And at some point in this year, the Supreme Court is going to hear the arguments for these crazy fucking laws, and it may ultimately have some impact on Roe v. Wade and overturning it after 50 years. The problem we have is we have six conservative justices on the Supreme Court. They could easily overturn this, even though it's settled law and normal people wouldn't even touch it. They don't even understand the kind of backlash that's going to come from this. The Supreme Court, the Republicans, they're going to take a fucking shitstorm if they actually do that. But we know how Republicans act in these idiots. They will constantly double down. They don't think ahead, and they do just what they want to do. And they almost always pay the price. Well, I had suggested a few months back, well, if Texans and people in Mississippi can set up these laws to make abortion illegal, if a state can actually do that, and the Supreme Court's going to allow them to do that, hey, why not do the same thing in a liberal state with regards to guns? And that's exactly what Gavin Newsom has suggested, and we have some others suggesting it too. If you can set up these vigilante laws against abortion, we can do the same thing, Gavin Newsom says. What if we offered the same kind of law so that people who used, bought, sold, or manufactured uh, semi-automatic assault-type weapons, if they could be sued by anybody, any Joe off the street, same circumstances as with the abortion, But these Republicans, these evangelicals, will shit them pants when it sounds like somebody's infringing on their Second Amendment right. But as I said, they don't think ahead. They set the precedent. They set it out there to leave that wide open. They don't think ahead. But even the Supreme Court, Brett Kavanaugh said that, look, if you do this, You're going to open up some possibilities for other things. If we allow you to do this, then they're going to do that. But they're so arrogant, they don't think about that. We'll look for California and maybe some other states around the country to do just that. And this is going to throw the Republicans, the NRA, and everybody else in a fucking tizzy. And they're going to scream like a stuck pig. The problem is, when they scream about it, all they're going to be doing is fighting against the very same things they're doing in Texas and Mississippi and wherever else. So they got a problem here. (laughs) They're going to ask for a double standard, and they're not going to get it. This is going to be a mess And the best thing that could happen is the Supreme Court gets this and says, yeah, this is bullshit. Stop. Stop it. And maintain Roe v. Wade. Because the moment the Supreme Court allows Roe v. Wade to be overturned, what they don't understand is that 51% of this country, women, are not going to be happy about you taking a, a right away from them. It's never good when our government or our Supreme Court, steals one of our rights. I don't care what the right is. Once they start taking back rights, we've got a problem in this country. So this is going to be something we have to watch very closely because it could cause some very serious problems. We've been seeing a lot of, uh, a lot of 
weather problems, unusual weather problems. Uh, hurricanes, you'll remember Hurricane Ida down in Louisiana. That was a mess, and it was a little out of character because of the time of year it came in. There were tornadoes in Kentucky, in Ohio, and Arkansas. This happened in the winter just a short time ago. Up to 70 people were killed. Tornadoes don't hit any place in the winter. It doesn't happen. We had a bunch of fires in California. That's not all that crazy, but these were bigger and lasted longer than we normally see. And now, now going on this minute, we had fires in Colorado, in Boulder County, maybe spreading beyond that. And here's the thing, they had a storm come through too, so you've got these fires, and they had 100-mile-an-hour winds coming through there. They're predicting at minimum 500 homes have been burned. They're talking it could be as many as 1,000 homes, and it's affecting 30,000 people. Well, you don't hear about fires all that often at all in Colorado, let alone in the middle of the winter. This is something we've got to seriously look at. We've been warned and warned and warned about climate change. Now it's going to do horrible things to this country. Republicans don't want to believe it. They don't want to do anything about it. And frankly, the Democrats haven't done enough up to this point. But clearly, there are some issues out there. Clearly, there are some things we need to be concerned about. And we need to act on it. Fortunately, in this Build Back Better bill that Joe Biden and the Democrats are hopefully going to pass, there are some allowances for dealing with climate change. It's not something you're going to fix overnight, but you got to start somewhere and you actually have to do something because these horrific things that we're seeing now are just going to get worse year after year. We have to attend to the problem. We have to try to fix the problem. And the closest thing we have is that Build Back Better bill and one of the portions of that that deals with climate change. It's going to put a lot of money into it, put a lot of effort into it, and it is absolutely essential. We've seen some horrific weather patterns in 2021. If we do nothing, they're likely to get worse in 2022. Of course, in 2021, we had Kyle Rittenhouse getting set free, not convicted of the charges, manslaughter or whatever it was. You know, here's this kid that lives in Illinois. He has a connection up in Kenosha, Wisconsin. He hears about these riots, and I don't even know if they were riots, but they were certainly protests going on in Kenosha. And apparently Kyle Rittenhouse decides he's going to go up to Kenosha, Wisconsin, bring his AR-15, and guard some businesses there. Be a good guy. Do the right thing. He even said that he was going to go up and offer medical help because he had experience as an EMT. Well, not really experience. He was like an intern for two days, so now he's an expert. But when he gets up there, he gets himself into trouble, of course. He kills two people, and then he goes on trial. This is all on video. It's very clear. But when he goes on trial, you know, he's crying and whining and he's upset. And then they let him go. We've got a judge that's a fucking nutcase in the situation with Kyle Rittenhouse. 
we got jurors that are from Wisconsin. Now, don't get me wrong. I'm not saying all people from Wisconsin are bad. But when you look at these election audits and some of the politicians in Wisconsin, there are a lot of fucked up people there. We live in a state, I live in a state right next to it. I go to Wisconsin all the time. I like Wisconsin. I like a lot of the people in it. But there is a portion of Wisconsin of white supremacist Republican fucks that do some stupid shit. And they were part of the reason why Kyle Rittenhouse got off. And now he's bopping around like a little rock star at all the far-right media outlets and get-togethers and meetings. It's appalling watching it. But I can tell you this about Kyle Rittenhouse. He's getting a little big for his britches. It's going to get him in trouble at some point soon. And then he's going to be crying and whining again. And maybe next time he won't be as lucky. We've got a lot of things happening. You know, I was talking, I want to bring something else up about the climate change thing. Because there's one other thing that I didn't bring up that I should. Along with the hurricanes, the fires and such. You remember last year in Texas during winter, they got a deep freeze and they got snow. That was totally uncharacteristic for Texas in the winter. I mean, I knew they could have it from time to time, but this was a lengthy period. Their electrical grid failed. Now, what you have to understand is there's two main electrical grids in this country. One for the western part of the country, one for the eastern part of the country. Those go down Big problems for a lot of people. But, of course, Texas thinks they're better than everybody else. They created their own electric grid. And it wasn't to serve people better because it doesn't do that. It wasn't to serve them cheaper because it doesn't do that. The reason this was put together is because businessmen and politicians came together and figured, we can make a lot of fucking money by having our own grid. And that's what they did. Unfortunately, when they got the adverse weather from climate change, which they don't believe in, that fucking grid failed. And uh, a big majority of people in Texas didn't have electricity, didn't have water, didn't have heat. And they were struggling during that winter. They were cold. They were hungry. They were thirsty. And Texas and the people with this grid didn't come through for them. They didn't fix this real quick. These people struggled and suffered for a long time to come. Now, we got two problems with these people. First of all, you got a grid that's fucked up, and it's just a money grift. It doesn't have the idea of serving the public in mind. All it serves are the rich people who are putting money in their pocket. And secondly, we're sitting in Texas... And we get ice storms and snow and sub-zero temperatures, which people aren't accustomed to down there. And with the electricity gone, they can't protect themselves. They can't keep themselves heated. People were truly struggling. People were dying down there because of this. And this has to do with the weather change, the climate change. Now, the people in Texas will be the first to tell you, there's no climate change, that's a hoax even after experiencing that very situation. But the problem is what comes into Texas goes through to Louisiana and Oklahoma and all this other stuff. It's not sticking in Texas. Now, fortunately, Texas is on their own grid, so if they want to take a shit 
and lose the grid and cause their people to suffer. I hate to see that. There's a lot of nice people in Texas. But hey, if you have a problem with it, fucking get these people out of your elected offices and get back on the normal grid with the rest of the country. You're not better than the rest of the country. You're part of the country as a whole. So why put yourself in a dangerous situation if you get some adverse weather conditions? You saw what happened last year. It gets cold again this year. Let's pray. Let's hope against hope that it doesn't happen to you again this year. But the important thing to remember is it could. It very easily could happen to you again. And do you want to struggle through that? I don't think so. One of the other things that happened in 2021 was Joe Biden pulled this country out of a war in Afghanistan that has extended 20 years. This war was started by George W. Bush. They were trying to get uh, Al-Qaeda or or Taliban or whoever, and he sent troops in there. Now, here's the thing about fighting in Afghanistan. Before we ever went there, Russia spent a lot of time there. They spent a decade or more in Afghanistan. And you know what? The Russians got nowhere. They ended up pulling out with their tail between their legs, and they left. The fact is, nobody's ever fought a war in Afghanistan and won. It just goes on and on and on. However, George W. Bush decided to put us in there. And then after he was in, Obama came in for eight years. And then Donald Trump for four years. Now, all of those presidents said the same thing. We got to get out of Afghanistan. I pledge we're going to get out of Afghanistan. But none of those presidents accomplished it. Donald Trump was hoping to try before the election, but then somebody told him, man, this may not be good for your election. So he extended it past the election and handed it off to Joe Biden, mainly because he set up the strategy for the pullout. Now, Donald Trump, as he's wont to do, fucked it up immensely. Donald Trump only negotiated with the Taliban, didn't include the uh, Afghani government in the conversation at all. We're trying to keep Taliban out of there, not bend at the knee for them. But that's exactly what Donald Trump did. So Joe Biden was kind of stuck with the plan that was set out in front of him. He had a certain time frame that he needed to get it done, and he did Now, when he got it done, you know, people were crying and whining that there were still people there, still troops there. When they pulled people out, they continued sending planes in to get people out after the fact. When you do something like this after you've been entrenched for 20 years in a war, there's no way this is going to be pretty. There's no way this isn't going to have some severe problems. It's like ripping off a Band-Aid. You have to rip it off. Suffer a little bit in order for it to get better. We've had presidents before that didn't have the courage to pull us out of Afghanistan, but Joe Biden did. Yes, it wasn't fun. It wasn't clean. It never was going to be. Yes, it could affect uh, Joe Biden's election, but he knew the bigger problem was getting our men out of the um, out of the war. Men were getting killed. Women were getting killed. They had to stop this. This was costing this country $320 million per day, per day, 
in this war for 20 years. Add that shit up and see what it comes out to be. It's a lot of fucking money. Somebody had to finally do it. Joe Biden did do it because the Republicans and even Obama, for that matter, were afraid to. They all had the capability to do what Joe Biden did, and they should have acted on it. There's no reason we should have been there for 20 years, but we were. Obama, George W. Bush, and Donald Trump shit the bed on this one. Yes, even Obama. Obama could have gone in and and taken everybody out of there and should have. He could have done it three years in. Donald Trump kept talking about it, but never accomplished it. When he got close to doing it, he backed away and then tried to set it up to make Biden look good when he finally had to do it, or look bad when he finally had to do it. And he did do it, and he got some heat over it. There's no question about it, but he fucking did it. All those people are out of Afghanistan. The $320 million a day expense has stopped. And we don't have to worry about servicemen and women being killed in Afghanistan. 20 years, nothing essentially was accomplished. As soon as we pulled out, the Taliban came in, the Afghani government laid down, and it's back to where it was. It seems like Vietnam all over again, and we know how much Vietnam was worth fighting for. That's the thing about this country. We have to stop getting involved in things that are of no value. The only people that win in wars like this are the military-industrial complex, these big companies that make weapons and then put money in the pockets of our representatives. These are the only people that win, and they win at the safety and the risk of our fighting men and women. We can't allow that to happen. We can't walk into wars that can't be won. We can't walk into situations where our fighting men and women are going to be injured, maimed, or killed. It's got to stop. We can't make that mistake again. And that happened in 2021. Joe Biden did what he was supposed to do, what he promised to do. It wasn't pretty. It wasn't beneficial to his campaign. But he didn't care. There's a bigger issue here. Something more important for this country. He went against his own campaign benefits, but he did it because it was the best for the country. And that's what presidents are supposed to do. And we didn't see too much out of that with Donald Trump. He didn't do anything that didn't benefit him. Joe Biden did. He took some heat for it. He took a hit for it. But God bless him for doing what was right. Finally, a fucking president doing what's right. All right, we're going to wrap up another Rational Boomer podcast. want to thank you for taking the time to listen to me. It is New Year's Day 2022. Let's hope against hope that this year is finally a good one. 2021 was worse than 2020, so it's time to turn this shit around. We've got Joe Biden as president. The pandemic hopefully is in the last month or so where it's going to be this surge and we can get back to some semblance of normality. Let's hope against hope that that happens. But as I say, you got to be positive. you got to assume the best as we're going forward in 2022, and I do. I expect things to be great. I expect all the things we hope to come to pass, in fact, do. So I'm counting on it. 
you have yourself a happy new year, a New Year's Day, and I will be back tomorrow. We'll talk again on the Rational Boomer Podcast. Thanks for listening to the Rational Boomer Podcast. Don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss an episode. We'll see you next time.